Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Erin Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this supplemental episode, we're discussing Netflix's first Indian series, the gritty, intense crime drama Sacred Games, from Hindi filmmaker Vikramaditya Matwane. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt, where's our Sanju episode? <laughs> we're working on it. I mean, we watched Sanju. Isn't that enough? <laughs> yeah, we, we've, we've gotten through Sanju. Um, we've decided that we are also going to talk about Muna by MBBS. Yeah. Um, Another Rajkumar Hirani joint. Yeah, and let me tell you, we've just been putting off watching that movie. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you've if you got uh, Eros now, the transfer they have there is not very good. Yeah. So we're hoping that the one we got out the library is better. Yeah, we're hoping that looks better. Uh, but enough about that. <laughs> so um, yeah, it'll be out probably within a week, maybe even less than a week from this episode. We're actually working on like three episodes right now, so... Um, we know there's been a bit of a delay, a bit of a lull in our release schedule, but they're they're going to start coming out. Just yeah, we're like just firing off a quick one about Sacred Games, though. Yes, yeah, so this is a supplemental episode. Um, supplemental episodes so are slightly... You feel a bit more relaxed now, don't you? A little less tense in the supplemental? Yeah, a know? little bit. Yeah. A little bit. A little more chill. Um, it's going to rain here soon. We're in the monsoon season here in Edmonton. It barely rains in Edmonton. I know we get one, we get one or two rainstorms a year. That's our monsoon. Yeah. Uh, so supplementals are a little different than regular episodes. There are no intervals. No holds barred. No rules. <laughs> uh, we're a little, a little looser, a little less formal, though. I don't know how formal we are in our regular episodes. Uh, and we release uh, shorter show notes with these episodes. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of. The difference, and also they're generally shorter. So our regular episodes tend to be somewhere from like an hour or two. I don't know, three. Um, here we try and keep it to a tight forty-five minutes. Yeah, I believe in us. <laughs> I guess with this one, we should probably uh, do a content warning, as because Sacred yes. Games has lots of content in it, and also we will be discussing spoilery stuff. So if you want to go in completely cold, we recommend you watch it. It's great, and then come back and listen. Yeah. Yeah, so recently, um, especially with the episode that we did on Anushka Sharma's uh, uh, film production company, and we discussed the three films that she put out, uh, we were starting to realize that, you know, sometimes we talk about some difficult subject matter because there's difficult stuff in movies. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but they're putting anything in movies these days. Yeah, so we were asking our our listeners, um, you listener uh, how we should best flag that content and we've heard back that uh, people want a content warning at the top of the show um so you know there's there is some stuff in this show specifically related to uh violence and police brutality as well as terrorism and sexy times and 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 some some sexual content so some of that stuff might be discussed if uh, i mean it's great but uh, don't make sure <laughs> make sure the kids aren't in the room yes uh, so let's get into it. Sacred Games is uh, Netflix's first uh, Indian original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, eight episodes long, and it premiered on July 6, 2018, to, I think, a lot of excitement and fanfare. It seems like everyone in kind of like Bollywood Twitter yeah. has watched it already. We're like the last ones out the <laughs> well, gate. Well, I... The weekend it was released was the same weekend that my best friend was here from Montreal, 
and we were hosting a big bachelorette party for her. Yeah. So we had to, we just kind of had to wait to get to it. I also decided to watch the entire Vietnam War <laughs> series by Ken Burns, which is 18 hours long. Also good. Yes. We did finally catch up with it and watched it pretty, pretty quickly. I feel like it's been pretty well promoted, at least from what I've seen here in Canada. Now, I've seen on Twitter some people complaining that in the U.S., uh, Netflix wasn't really uh, pushing it out, wasn't really telling people about it. Mm -hmm. But here in Canada, about two weeks before the series was released, my mother texted me because she had seen an ad for it on Netflix and was really excited about it because she loves like all the all those like Scandinavian crime shows. Yeah. So she was really excited about this Indian one that she was seeing an ad for and she recognized Nawazuddin Siddiqui from the lunchbox and showed like she was texting me saying like, Oh, what's this series? Do you know about this? Are you, are you gonna watch this? I don't know if she's tried to watch it yet. I don't know if it'll be her thing. Uh, but, you know, when we logged into Netflix, too, big ad right there. But, I mean, it's all algorithms, though, right? Like, Netflix... I don't know if that ad stuff is, like, that kind of landing page ad is. I think it is. Okay. They have so much original content that they're doing that okay. they could highlight anything. It's like the sort of um, uh, anecdotal stuff you hear about when Mad Men was produced by AMC. Do you know mm -hmm. this? No. So, when the idea for Mad Men came about because AMC noticed that... 60s period films when they showed on the on the channel were oh, very no, popular. I do know about this, yeah. They also did the same thing with I think it was a Lonesome Dove TV show they mm -hmm. did and they noticed wow people really like westerns maybe we should do a western TV show or people really like you know The Apartment or mm -hmm. Some Like It Hot or something like that we should do a show set around then. And my guess is that Netflix is even more data driven than yeah. AMC. It, it knows exactly what we watch it can see everything we've liked mm -hmm. and with your mom. She watches Bollywood films sometimes that you've recommended, yeah. and she watches all those crime shows. Yeah, I think so the I crime think show is the yeah. thing. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why this show got put together in the first place, is that they noticed lots of people watch Hindi films on Netflix, mm -hmm. and lots of people watch crime dramas. Why not, you know, mix them together? And they found a really good property in Sacred Games. Yeah, and it was released in 191 countries. That's amazing. Simultaneously. That's like every country, 6th. right? Or maybe there's like, I think it's 204 countries overall. And in with like multiple language options. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of different subtitle op options as well as some, some dubbing, which we did not look into because no, I mean, we're we, not interested in dubbing. No, we, we got out of that phase back in the anime days in high school. Yeah, but you know... For, Subs always, not dubs. For those that uh, find reading the subtitles difficult or, you know, if you've bad eyesight and can't do that, dubbing is... Yeah. It's, it's an available option. It's and I think the show like, is cool enough that it would be option. worth checking out. The, the thing yeah. I've heard about the dub is that it's unfortunate that... With all of these actors who can speak English, they didn't get them to dub uh, themselves. Well, maybe they didn't want to pay them to do it. It could be, yeah. yeah. Um, but like, they're very able to do yeah. so. All that being said, I haven't seen a lot of Western media covering the show. It was, only, it was in New York Times. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think you could compare it to something like Babylon Berlin, mm -hmm. which also got... You know, widely reviewed, and also I've heard did well in India. And I think Babylon Berlin took some time to find its yeah. audience. Babylon Berlin also was on German like mm -hmm. TV, so it had a built-in fan base already. But 
Um, also really like that show too. Actually, if you like Sacred Games and you've are, you're listening to this now, check out Babylon Berlin. You will become obsessed with Paternosters. Yeah, we're not going to say what those are, and I don't think they ever actually say what they are on the show, <laughs> but... If you know us, I think you'll know what they are. <laughs> yeah, the Paternosters. Oh, my God. So, like, I can't get over them. They're but, great. <laughs> I mean, they've had so much success. And, like, the BBC has been doing this for years, too. They'll yeah. get, like, a mystery series going. They lean more on the mystery than the crime aspect. But something like Luther, for instance. Yeah. I think Saker Games is also in that sort of world. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, BBC has their iPlayer, which annoyingly we can't use here because we don't pay the tax on our TV mm-hmm. to use the BBC. But um, even though we are, you know, a we are a Commonwealth country, <laughs> yeah. But um, they can also see what sort of stuff streams. So yeah. I think a lot of these shows are being developed with that um, purpose. And Netflix like perfected the binge watch too, and yes. this is very bingeable. But I mean, I don't want. I don't want all of that to come across like we are cynical about this show um, and that, you know, they, they looked at trends and algorithms and things and decided like, oh, this is the thing. This 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 is very well done. I think, you know, yeah. they, they looked at what people were interested in and then like, what can we do that, you know, continues to broaden the scope of what's on Netflix, but yeah. also kind of fits in with people's viewing habits. And I don't think smart. this will surprise anybody, but no. we are completely on board with everyone they've found to work on this project. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Phantom Films... Probably our favorite uh, distribution company, apart from Dharma. Oh, Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's like you're there, right? Beautiful rendition, Matt. Yeah, but like they find the best, uh, you know, auteur-owned company to do it. Yeah. They get Vikram Aditya Matune and Enrique Kashyap. Sidebar, thank you, Roni Patra on Twitter Mm. for telling me how to pronounce Vikram Aditya Matune. So, yeah, I'm doing it right now. He's my favorite filmmaker, so I... Really like to say his name properly. Roni Patra? <laughs> no, Vikram Aditya Ah, Vikram Aditya Yeah, yeah. But, like, they found the guys who could do this show right. Yeah. They're not finding, you know, a little bit more bombastic people like, say, a Rohit Shetty. Mm-hmm. They're finding the street-level people who can do this and have a proven record of um, adaptation, too. And I think also are hungry for the freedom that Netflix provides. Yeah. I feel like if you're and you're at Cash App, you're probably pretty excited to not have to deal with the CBFC on your project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So it's adapted from a novel. Mm-hmm. A uh, novel I do intend to read, but I did not get a chance to do it before watching the show. And it's long. It is 928 pages and is pretty dense from what yeah. I understand. I've seen it in stores. I don't know if it's really getting pushed these days, but you kind of think they're doing like a like a cover with Saifali Khan on it now or something, right? I would Or like the so. Saif Nawazuddin cross-cut cover. I'm going to look around at the store, check mm-hmm. it out, see if I can find it. I would assume if they haven't done one at some point, like when it goes to another printing. Although from what I understand, so it's written by Vikram Chandra, came out in 2006. He got a $1 million advance from HarperCollins for this. And from what <laughs> I understand, the book ended up and underperforming sales-wise. Yeah. Even though it was a bestseller. But well, $1 million advance, like, how many books do you have to sell to make that worthwhile? That's a good question. I'll figure it out now. <laughs> We've been cross-tracking the numbers, and things don't add up. I mean, um, sales figures are fairly hard to come by, especially if you're dealing with Amazon and stuff. But if he's got a $1 million advance, he's probably got 10% royalty, which means... He'd have to sell $10 million worth of books 
in order to make enough money for the one million dollar advance. Because mm-hmm. an advance is an advance on your royalties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Wikipedia is saying that there was only like two hundred thousand first print run of the initial print run, and that they lost um, six hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars. Six hundred fifty-five thousand. Six hundred. Yeah, yeah. These numbers seem a little weird, but it definitely seems like it underperformed. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who does work in the publishing industry, well, a million dollar advance does not happen that often anymore. <laughs> yeah. There was a guy named Wiley, the shark, they called him. He was an agent that was able to get million dollar advances out of things. Mm. But nowadays, mostly famous people can get that. No, Yeah, like J.K. Rowling could get that. J.K. Rowling probably would just buy a whole publishing house and do it herself now. Yeah. But like Stephen King might still be able to get that. Yeah. It doesn't happen too much anymore. It, in the 80s and 90s, though, there were like big advances mm. for literary stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chandra, yeah, kind of came in on the tail end of that. But yeah, it seems like the book underperformed, but um, you know, people liked it well enough to make a show out of it. Yeah, yeah. Because the- another thing that the Million Dollar Advance would ensure is that like if you sell rights to make a movie out of it or make a video game out of it like that's another way the publisher can make back some money and Mm -hmm. if they thought you know this book is really ideally suited to be well in 2006 they'd probably be thinking more movie than tv show yeah but like that we we could probably sell this to a producer and get some money as well yeah and then they i guess they ended up doing that yeah well and it was Critically acclaimed mm-hmm. and went on to win the Vodafone Crossword Book Award. Do you know this? I don't know a lot about Indian book awards. Okay. From what I know of the Indian publishing industry, actually, textbooks are the most um, widely bought book. This does not surprise me. Yeah, because that's such a it's, it's a culture that's so interested in education and like bettering yourself that that's what actually going, sells the most. And getting an engineering degree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like... <laughs> so if you print engineering textbooks in India, you're probably like just licensed to print money. But this was pr- this is printed in English first, right? Yeah, yeah. So the book is uh, written in the English language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it would be translated into other... It's, it's Penguin, right? So yeah. they could translate it themselves and put it through all their other arms. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's Chan- probably a 200,000 print run in English, and then they could have done like other languages mm. in India as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. The numbers are making a bit more sense, but we're never actually going to know the truth on this because mm-hmm. publishers wouldn't tell you that. And it was released in in the Western world as well. As yeah, I've seen it around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chandra went to the uh, the Toronto Festival of Authors. Is that what's called the International Festival of Authors? Which uh, Sassy Publishing Sidebar has been renamed the Toronto Festival of Authors. And it just makes me happy that they're being honest about it now. Yeah. As a disaffected Western Canadian, yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, one of uh, one of our online friends. Um, uh, I, I I apologize if I'm butchering your name. Uh, Aparita, um, with the uh, Cabadar podcast again. We will be talking to them in person, hopefully sometime soon, and she can correct my pronunciations. Uh, she actually spoke to Chandra oh, when cool. he was in Toronto. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, like Penguin can fly you around places and do a, yeah. you know, in Toronto, big South Asian population. Good. It's a good place to do a launch and go to IFOA and all that stuff. Just a couple quick notes on Chandra. His uh, mother is screenwriter Kama Chandra. She's known for writing 1942, A Love Story, and Chandni uh, with Sri Devi. 
His sister is filmmaker Tanuja Chandra, who wrote Karab and directed, wrote Karab, Karab Single. Um, and she was one of the writers on Dilto Paco High. Wow. And his sister is film critic Anupama Chopra, ah. who is kind of like the Roger Ebert of yeah. kind of Indian film criticism. And or I saw... Sort of Bollywood film yeah. criticism. And I saw... She had a statement on Film Companion when the show came out, mm-hmm. both for this and Sanju, who she's also sort of related to. I think her, her husband owns a production company or something. Her husband is a filmmaker, and he produced yeah. Sanju. Um, Vidu Vinod Chopra. Yeah, but um, she said that, you know, I, I'm not going to comment on either Sacred Games or um, Sanju because I have a family relationship with it, and it would be... You know, it wouldn't be okay, um, critical-wise, to do so, which I respect that. Yeah. You can always go back to it later after, you know, the buzz has died down and it's not going to live and die depending on your say-so. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's that's the right thing to do. Yeah. So Chandra has uh, some Bollywood connections. Yeah, just a couple, huh? <laughs> uh, so, moving on to the Netflix series, because again, we haven't read the book. I think we'd like to. Uh, it's eight episodes, and from what I understand... So far, eight episodes? Yeah, so far, eight episodes. And from what I understand, it's about the first quarter of the novel. Yeah. Uh, so, potentially, we're looking at four seasons of this show, if it does well and, and gets a, a renewal, which I think it is doing well. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, Netflix, like the publishing industry, is very secretive and is not going to tell you how well it yeah. did. Unless it, it hits some arbitrary number, and then they'll say... Sacred Games, biggest show ever, something mm-hmm. like that. They'll mm-hmm. never give you specifics, though. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, it was produced with Phantom Films and premiered on July 6, uh, 2018, in 191 countries. It's directed by Vikram Aditya Matwane and Anurag Kashyap. Now, Vikram Aditya Matwane is very much the showrunner. He's mm-hmm. the executive producer. Kashyap said so much on Twitter and was tired of getting people telling him, like, great job on the show. And he's like, if it's mostly Matwane, I'm going to bring him back out on Twitter so you could tell him in person. Yeah, yeah. Which was, it was That's nice. nice. Yeah. It was nice to see uh, the two clearly have a, a good relationship as they work together so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Matwane brought on Cash Up because the film takes place in two different timelines. Mm-hmm. And so Matwane filmed all the stuff in the present day. And Cash App filled all of the uh, backstory with Nawazuddin Siddiqui's character. Makes sense. So that's how they separated that out, to have kind of distinct styles um, in those two narratives um, that work together throughout the series. Plus, you can film things simultaneously. Yeah. And you're not using up actors' time. Like, because Bollywood films, you don't stay on set just shooting one movie. People move around Mm -hmm. from film to film. And having two directors would make it easier to slot in. Yeah, potentially. I think it's a really uh, interesting experiment as far as kind of um, TV directing goes. Yeah. Um, And I think successful. I think the modern day um, stuff done by Matwane, to my mind, looks mostly like uh, Udon, actually. Mm -hmm. A lot of sodium arc lights and nighttime scenes and kind of blanched out stuff. Whereas you get that more full color um but still gritty stuff for cash app mm-hmm. um yeah maybe next season they could switch to you can do some fun stuff that way maybe it stars saif ali khan as sartaj singh nawazuddin sidki as ganesh gaitande radhika apte as anjali mathur and then a fantastic supporting cast 
which includes Niraj Kabi, Jatin Sarna, Kubra Sait, Jachendra Joshi, Rajshri Deshpande, and Elnaz Naruzi. Uh, again, don't know if I pronounced all those names correctly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Sunny Pawar from uh, Lion shows up to play uh, Nawazuddin Siddiqui as a child. Bit of a different role for him. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's still really cute. I love yeah. that kid. Uh, all the episodes are named after people or concepts in Hindu mythology. And the opening titles, which are a work of art on their own, all feature kind of different um, mandalas. Mandalas? Yeah. Uh, when the uh, the episode title comes up, which all kind of reflect the the idea um, within the concept that's being used, and that reflects back on the episode. There's really they're really beautiful. There's an article about each one of them online, which we will link to. Yeah, and I I, I don't I, I'm sure it's on purpose. It, it reminded me a lot of the uh, Game of Thrones opening scenes, mm-hmm. uh, opening title scene, except with. Intercutting uh, like news footage mm-hmm. and you know bombs going off and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then a lot of um, images of uh, Hindu statues, yeah, um, and and sculptures. It's really beautiful. Uh, just an interesting kind of back note. At one point, Cash App was approached by AMC. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of AMC, see that's a main madman. Yeah, but that he yeah, but. AMC wouldn't be getting data on Hindi stuff, though. They might just see, oh, this guy's at cons, right? Maybe, Maybe that's what they're doing. I don't know. But he was approached by AMC to adapt the novel. But they wanted him to do it in English. And he has no interest in uh, filming anything in English. So he said Good no. Good on you. Good um, on you, Keshav. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that he still ended up on the project. Mm-hmm. Um, the show's been critically acclaimed, but there has been a bit of a controversy. Well, you got to have a controversy. Otherwise, you're nothing. <laughs> People have been complaining uh, that the film insults uh, Rajiv Gandhi, former um, prime minister of India, who uh, was assassinated in the 90s. We discussed uh, that John Abraham film that's all about that. Madras Cafe. Madras Cafe, yes. Um, at one point, Nawazuddin Siddiqui's character calls him uh, what in our subtitles says pussy, but yeah. I believe was changed to wimp. I read an article about that too. That they have been changing the subtitles on this to more accurately reflect what is being said. Mm-hmm. But I for sure saw Pussy too, mm-hmm. and I saw that episode twice, and was told that they changed the subtitles in between. Aww. I mean, this is something you can do with streaming, and it, I think it's yeah. really interesting. It you, almost reminds me of how video games are constantly updating. Yeah, yeah, like you can you can adapt, mm-hmm. which. From what I've heard, the subtitles don't adequately replicate, especially uh, Ganesh Gatande's uh, sort of florid speaking style. It doesn't come through that well, which is unfortunate because I would like to, you know, experience it as well as I can. But from what I gathered, it was, you know, w- what I enjoyed was great. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I what I was able to get out of it. And it's important to remember that subtitling is an art, and translation mm-hmm. is also an art, and. Uh, translating things verbatim isn't always effective. No. Um, you need to, you know, translate, you need to uh, translate them and adapt them and, and distill them to kind of their base meaning so that it's going to make sense to um, an audience that speaks a different language. Yeah. And also so it moves quickly enough that they can read it. Yeah. Um, 
We might talk about this next week with Sanju, but with this, I think they have done a good job of not westernizing the subtitles too much. Yeah. Because you do see that and it's quite annoying. I was talking to, uh, I think it was Avnishnanda on uh, Twitter about it. And no, no, it was uh, Annie. I was talking to Annie um, about uh, Ideal High Meshkill, mm. how they would swap out um, cricket metaphors or yeah. uh, Devdas. He was swapping out for Romeo. I mean, it's a similar figure in literature, yeah. but not the same. Sending and the army becomes J-Lo. Yeah. And I think that Sacred Games has done a really good job, in the subtitling at least, to make it feel very authentic to Mumbai. Mm-hmm. It does not... It, it is not like translating, boy, I'm glad that we went to go see this Broadway show or something like that, when um, later on the actress does like a number. And I think it's... It's good that they adapted um, a lot of the swearing to um, Western English language swears because uh, I think when you try and do that stuff verbatim, you lose a lot of the impact because those words have impact in Hindi, but the meaning of them doesn't necessarily have impact in English in the same way. I always think of them, and I know you don't like them, but Xavier Dolan, um from what I understand, does the subtitling and translations on his films himself because hmm. he's bilingual. And because I speak French, I'm very aware of the differences in what they're saying in French versus what they're saying in English. And I'm always really impressed at how he translates for impact because different cultures and different languages have different um, bad words. Well, yeah, in, in French-Canadian, like it would all be religious swears. Yeah, and He'd be saying tabernacle and, uh, you know... Taking uh, the Lord's name yeah. in vain, that kind of thing, whereas we're not going to care as much. So there is a common swear, which we will not name. Uh, we don't want to lose our clean lyrics. <laughs> um, relating to, uh, from what I understand, the little translation is about what someone does with um, one's sister. The sexual expletive. <laughs> exactly. As, as uh, applied to one's familial relation. Yeah. But we don't we don't say that here, so it's it's usually adapted. I think it's adapted once. Um, as like to what it actually means, rather than sororal, it would be more maternal. Is what exactly that's what, that's what we bust out exactly. here because yeah. that like that has the same impacts, and I think you want to get that same kind of um, that same punch in the language. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I bet it's really hard to do subtitles for Deadwood <laughs> because they yeah. say cocksucker so much. That might not have the same punch. I'm not an elsewhere engine. I don't believe in all the stuff he's saying, but that, that's going to be a difficult one to adapt for different cultures. I wonder how well that was achieved. But going back to um, this controversy about people being upset about what was said about Rajiv Gandhi, uh, it seems like his son has put an end to it. Good. Um, because he came, he went to Twitter. Uh, and posted that he believes in free speech and doesn't think that it should be, um, you know, policed, and that his father also believed in free speech. And a comment that someone makes on a TV show is not going to change his mind about his father. Like, I don't <laughs> think we're supposed to. Okay, I do think Ganesh Kaitani is kind of a cool guy, but like, I don't think I'm supposed to agree with him politically. No, and that's like. There's, there's tone. That's tone his, is the important yeah. part. That's the character's opinion, yeah. not the show's opinion, yeah. not the, the creators of the show's opinion. Yeah, I don't know but. if they <laughs> actually have an opinion about Rajiv Gandhi, and he just kind of throws it off as like a, uh, you know, just tossing off a little remark. Yeah. 
Okay, Matt, do you want to quickly explain the basic plot of the show? Okay, so uh, Cypher Lee Khan, the best Khan, fight me, um, plays Sartaj Singh. He's a uh, Sikh cop in Mumbai who's kind of down on his luck. Mm-hmm. The, uh, he the, had one great case, Matt. Yeah. The, Sona the Pickpocket. Sona the Pickpocket. My favorite recurring joke in the series is that many more people than you would think are aware of his big uh, his big bust of Sona the Pickpocket. I hope in the next season there's like an episode flashback to him <laughs> taking down this amazing pickpocket. But he's kind of in a bind because the other uh, cops on the force want him to testify that a young uh, Bangladeshi Muslim teen had a gun when he didn't, mm-hmm. and this guy got shot. So he's, he, he wants to stick up to his morals. He wants to, you know, his, his father was a cop. He has a really good image of his father in his head. And he wants to, you know, be a good guy. Uh, but interestingly enough, he is chosen by Ganesh Gaitande, played by Nwazin Siddiqui, uh, to basically go on a mission for him mm-hmm. and try and figure out a mystery because he gets called by Gaetane and says look there's 25 days left until something really bad happens in this city I need you to figure it out for me and Gaetane has been in hiding for years no 15 one, years or yeah, something no yeah. one has known where he is he's, he's notorious he's um, this infamous gangster that everyone fears and so when he reaches out to Sartaj Singh um, it's the first time that he's kind of revealed himself in in over a decade. And also, he's got connections to uh, Raw as well. Like, he has international, yeah. maybe not espionage, but like, he has criminal convictions in other countries. He was mixed up with some espionage-type stuff. Like, uh, Gaitande was a dangerous guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Sartaj, I mean, I'll tell you most of what the first episode is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sartaj eventually is able to figure out where Gaitande is hiding in this kind of bunker uh, where a garbage dump used to be back in the day and is able to find him. Uh, uh, but uh, Gaitande kills himself mm-hmm. right there. And the rest of the show, and this is the thing that kind of confuses me because this is a literary conceit that works really well in a book, but maybe not so well on TV, is that Gaitande is still telling Sartaj Singh the story of his life, right? Mm-hmm. He mentions, your father and I did this. But in the diegesis of the show... He's I, dead. He's dead. And even though Sartaj was, you know, at the bunker listening to him through the thing, he didn't hear all this. No. So uh, Gaitande often refers to himself as becoming godlike. Well, is Gaitande... He starts off telling his story by Sart- to Sartaj Singh, but then I think by the time we're getting his story, essentially from beyond the grave, he's telling his story to us. The he's audience. telling he's telling it to us, yes. Yeah. But I think, I think he mentions some stuff about Singh's dad, and he says your father. I would yeah, have to go back and check. It's almost like Singh is he's both he's a the stand-in for us. Yeah, he's both a character in the show and the stand-in for the audience. And this this works way better in uh, in a book. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think they adapt it pretty well. I think I think they adapt it as well as you can for a TV show. But I found it a little bit jarring until I got used to it by the second or third episode. Oh, okay, yeah. So you got used to it pretty quickly. I got used to it, but I, I just thought it was a little bit weird to keep that narration going in that way. I think I think there's a poetic quality to it. I think it's a bold choice, mm-hmm. um, and I and I like that they did it. I like that they that they make the show novelistic. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
like The Wire or something. Yeah. It has a novelistic quality to it. So we have the two timelines as Sartage and um, Anjali Amathur, played by Radek Apte, who is a raw analyst. Uh, they have to team up and fight each other. Like They have a sort of a contentious relationship between the two organizations. Try to figure out what's Guy Tande talking about and what's all this other weird stuff that mm-hmm. started to happen in the city. Meanwhile, we hear about Gaetande's rise to fame, um, born in the 60s. Rise to fame, rise to power. Rise to power, yeah. yeah. And uh, for the first season, at least, we've got him until about the early 90s yeah. um, telling his story. Yeah, yeah. So and he, he really big... mythologizes his own yeah. narrative. He, uh, he often mentions that he's becoming like a god. Um, he has three fathers. He has three fathers. He is routinely, like, beaten within an inch of his life, but he, like, he has sort of, like, a divinity thing of thinking, like, yeah, I can't die here. Mm-hmm. I'm meant to do other stuff. Um, which um, is interesting because we know he's already dead, unless maybe that's a body double or something because he didn't really talk too much. Mm-hmm. You know, that I haven't read the book, but maybe he could do that, do a face-off type situation. <laughs> um, but also... It's interesting because it has dramatic irony in that we know he has died mm-hmm. while he's saying all this stuff about how he's invincible. Mm-hmm. So maybe like... But a, only he is the one who could yeah, take him down. A little bit of a lovely bones type thing too when we have a dead person mm-hmm. talking about their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a really good show. And uh, here's a question, Erin. Okay. Do you like Sartaj or uh, Ganesh better? Which timeline is more interesting to you? Oh... I don't think I can choose. Yeah. I think they work so well together. And I I, I think, you know, I find this um, miraculously fluid in just the way that um, the show kind of drifts from one story Mm -hmm. to another story. You find parallels. And back again, yeah. yeah, And the parallels that they find along the way. Mm Yeah. and I, I think I think they're both working in in tandem to support one another. I do kind of like that um, the show provides two narratives to follow. Yeah. And so you know, throughout an episode, you're kind of you have unanswered questions about both narrative, and and you're not entirely sure how they're going to meet up in the end. You know, for a really long time, we we don't know the relationship between um, Singh and Gatonde. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. He mentions their it, but we don't actually know yeah. exactly what it was, but with his father. Exactly. We know it's related to the Sissing's father, but it takes a really long time for us to kind of discover what that is. Um, and I think the payoff to that is, is, is really good. Yeah. I, it does what the Game of Thrones books do really well, and I found the TV show doesn't always do that well, is that whenever you're following a certain character and whatever they're up to at the time, by the time their chapter is ending, you really want to know what happens there. Mm hmm. And then, then it's like a shift to what's happening in, the, in what's yeah. happening in Sartage, and that's that's the best way for like a pulpy story like this. It's not exactly a cliffhanger, but to just interest you enough in each segment that you want to go back. But then the next one comes up, and you want to keep with that. Yeah, that's how you do it, and that's the bingeability of the show. Exactly, and it really like leaves you on the edge of your seat, like throughout the the episode. Yeah, it's pulpy though. Like it I, is I, w- pulpy. I wouldn't call it. Um, for Matwane, 
We haven't seen um, Bavash Joshi's superhero, although it's supposedly yeah. coming to streaming soon, so we can maybe report on that. But like, I can't believe that both of these directors have had movies released this year. And while we haven't seen Bavash Joshi's superhero, we did um, see Mukabaz. We did see Mukabaz, and it's excellent. Like, what a year these guys are having. They, yeah, I mean, that's astounding. But with uh, Lutera Udon and um, Trapped and Trapped. This also feels like a completely different sort of genre that he's working with. Yeah. Matone is very uh, versatile. He is, but he brings a very distinct vision and eye. Yeah. You know, I think I think he has a very clear aesthetic style. Um, and I think he really is interested in the emotional and eternal lives of his characters. Usually young men. But in the case of Lutera, we do have uh, Sonakshi Sinha's character. Mm-hmm. I think if I was to pick a thematic through line between all of them, I would say it's the responsibility of having power over somebody. Yes. That's really important. Because um, uh, Gaitande, for instance, he lives in kind of a lower class area of Mumbai, and he, he thinks of the inhabitants as his people. And then once the Muslim-Hindu riots start happening in the early 90s, He's forced to take a side, even though he actually has a fairly multicultural gang. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, political events. Well, multi-religious. Multi-religious. Like, he, he is eventually driven to take a side. Mm-hmm. And in Matane's films, again, Superhero will let you know when we actually get to see it. But it's always about someone who has to assume responsibility for something. Yeah, and I mean, he primarily filmed uh, Singh's storyline. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you see... Uh, similar themes there. We're saying is, yeah. he is grappling with um, his the responsibility he feels as a police officer, as a figure of yeah. authority, as well as kind of his own failures. He, you know, has lost his wife. He doesn't feel like he lives up to um, the reputation that his father had. He feels that and oath, which is like defend the law. Destroy evil. Yeah. And which he, is a sweet oath, by the way. And he believes that. And he's also, like, he's failing his partner. And can we say... I don't know if he's his partner. I think he's, like, a, a junior... He's, like, an assistant. Yeah, his but, assistant. Um, but that's... Uh, what's his name? Parlokar. My favorite character. Yeah. And uh, Jitendra Joshi. Man, what a find. Oh, uh, sorry. Katakar. Yeah, Katakar. Yeah, Katakar's my favorite character. Parlokar is an asshole, yeah. On the level of, I would say, uh, Dudley Smith in the Elroy novels and mm-hmm. uh, L.A. Confidential. Like, that's someone who is using his responsibility to fight crime, essentially, for completely his own ends. He yeah. does not care about the law whatsoever. No. And that's why him and uh, Sartaj don't get along very well, is that Sartaj, while a little bit corrupted... You know, he still wants to be a police officer, whereas Perilkar is just, like, using his own, um, using all of his angles and, like, covering his own ass half the time. Yeah, because there's all these balances of power. The way that Perilkar has power over Singh, and then the way that Singh, in turn, has power over Katakar. Katakar. Uh, And, you know, and, and, and Singh is trying to... He's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to be moral and ethical and responsible. And he doesn't realize all of these ways that he's just kind of taking advantage of Kartikar's life. Yeah. Kartikar's life. His, his wife is just like. Until it's too late. Who are you married oh. to? Me or you? Me, me or Singh? Yeah. His wife has to deal with, you know, going out at midnight every night to 
find a clue. Yeah. And yeah, what Jitendra jo- Joshi, I think, is really like the, the MVP of this whole yeah. project. He is so good. He is so immediately he's funny. likable in this role. He's funny, but he's also very soulful. Like, he finds he, a few clues on his own, too. He's smart. He doesn't have that same moral compass. He's just trying to get by. But as the series progresses, you know, kind of being with Singh kind of rubs off on him. But the two of them, you know, like, they're such complicated characters. Mm-hmm. And so, while I agree with you, Matuane doesn't really have a through line genre-wise. I think there are some overarching themes. And again, like, there's certainly... Responsibility. Some... That would be the one that I think is what he's most interested yeah, in. Yeah, and also, like, finding yourself in between two poles. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of, you know, when I think of Udon, kind of just being between, like, wanting freedom... Um, wanting but, to be an artist or having yeah, to get a being job. being under the thumb of your dad, and when you think yeah. of Rambir Singh's character in Lutera, you know, kind of this criminal lifestyle that you're brought up in. <laughs> also under the thumb, but of his <laughs> uncle, yeah, in quotes. Yeah, this criminal lifestyle that he's brought up in versus this romance he's having with Sanakshi Sinha and this his desire to kind of be a good person. You know, again, I think you see people pulled in um, opposite directions here as well I mean, in Sacred Games. what and is it in Trap, though? <laughs> <laughs> just sitting around and dying or because I would say the responsibility well, is on Rajkumar Rao to do something about his situation yeah but he's also kind of being um, you know he wants this um, this, this romance this and this life lifestyle himself, yeah. apartment with this um, with his girlfriend um, but he also kind of like his work life he's being pulled in directions too yeah he's he's a vegetarian, dir- but he's like having to confront eat eating a pigeon, meat. Yeah, the direction is down off the side of a building. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but again, like, so, so I think, especially in regards to how Matmane approaches character, you see some similarities across his work, but also it's like he's just everything is so well shot. Yeah, and I love. There was the only game. one scene that we actually pointed out and think like. Uh, actually, it doesn't look too good. Oh, yeah. There was one kind of green, green screen, screen. Yeah. but everything else is practical sets in the city. It looks awesome. Yeah, on location. And I can't imagine what it was like to shoot this, but he, he gets on location and he gets into the spaces. And one of the things that I love about Montuane's um, aesthetics and, and the way that he approaches his filmmaking is he gives scenes and locations the time to breathe. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's a master at understanding... Um, at marrying just kind of location with the narrative. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of how important setting. And here, this is a show that is so much about Mumbai. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to, Bombay anymore. Not Bombay anymore. And the book is about Bombay becoming Mumbai. Yeah. Uh, the show, they've kind of... Um, Accelerated that? It, yeah, yeah. Well, they've, they've changed the, the, the era in which it's set. But it still, I think, has a lot of those same overarching themes. Like, this is about how the corruption in this city corrupts the people who live in it. And so I think, like, you know, in the way that, like, they joke about, uh, you know, in a lot of American sitcoms or rom-coms, like, it's like New York is another character in the story. Here, I really feel like Mumbai is a character in the story. I do wonder if this show is a little too alienating and a little too dense for um, audiences who've never engaged with Indian media at all. I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, if we want to look at Babylon Berlin again, think about how much you would need to know about Weimar Germany to, like, get Mm -hmm. that show. 
but it is just enjoyable on its own. Well, like I, I think these are shows where you have the ability to learn about the history if you yeah. want to. Um, and nice- Gaitande also like does take you through a lot of the important historical events. He doesn't ex- exactly explain, you know, the ramifications of everything, but he says, you know, Hindu-Muslim riots in the right. 90s, uh, Rajiv Gandhi. Like, he does mention these things. And if you wanted to immerse yourself more in it, you could look it up. But yeah. I, don't, I don't think you'd need it. Yeah, that's probably fair. They and could have maybe said what the acronym for RAW is, but uh, apart from that... Yeah. No, that's probably fair. And, I mean, we're picking up on these things because of a lot of the movies that we've previously seen. Yeah. Um, where these topics have come up. So then when it's all kind of coming together in this show, you know, there's this sense of awareness. And that potentially makes it a richer experience maybe for us. Like, I think of, you know, talking about Game of Thrones, like... When people who've read the books watch the show, they have a kind of a different experience than yeah. people who haven't. But, but pe- they, people still enjoy the show, yeah. even if they haven't read the book. I've heard so many people say, like, how can you even follow this show if you haven't read the books? Or, like, you're missing so much. And I'm like, no, the show is giving me just as much that I need to understand. Yeah. Um, all that stuff in, in, in the books isn't important to the show. So you're right that, that, that here, um, Sacred Games is providing you with the basics that you probably, like... Yeah. They're probably important. I, You know, I wish this came out 10 years ago. Yeah. When, um, not even 10 years ago, maybe four or five years ago, when TV recaps were mm. as prevalent as they were. Like, remember Mad Men, like how you'd have four or five different sites recapping the thing in different ways? Yeah. I wish we had that for this. Like, someone looking at the historical aspect of the show. Someone looking because at because there's so many layers and yeah. it's so it's so intricate and so well done. Yeah, um, you get a podcast. I'm sure there's about stuff we're thing, not right? even picking up on. Oh, for sure. There's tons of things we don't know. I've heard that uh, so many people are speaking Marathi on the show mm. because that's something that yeah. you find in actual Mumbai. Um, but yeah, uh, and a lot of the like we recognize some of the older songs that play throughout the show. Yeah. Um, but, but they're we, ironically poised against uh, scenes happening. Yeah. yeah, we're not entirely picking up yeah. on that. Um, so we talked a lot about this in Montuanese's of What do you think of this in Cash Apps? I just want to make a quick um, note about what I was saying about it being um, dense and alienating. I also think it opens with a really difficult shot that a lot of people are going to turn it off. Yeah, I mean, my parents are big dog lovers, and seeing a dog get punted out of a window. It starts with this dog being thrown out a window, and... I think I think a lot of people are going to turn it off when they yeah. see that. Yeah. And that's that's bold. Like yeah. that takes a lot of guts to open a, mo- a show like that. Like, no, Tuffy, no. <laughs> yeah, and he's a Pomeranian, but he does kind of look like Tuffy. Yeah. Poor dog. But why do you think of this as a cash app film? Oh, how if it's in a cash app server? Well, I mean, I think here there is certainly um, corruption and confusion. I would say are the watchwords for. Uh, Cash App's work and and also a kind of middle class being a gangster is the best that some people could be. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, he does. Like, Cash App has made a lot of crime films, and it's hard not to find comparisons and similarities between this and something like Gangs of Wasi Four, mm-hmm. which is also kind of this sprawling narrative of um, this multi generational uh, crime family. Yeah. And but it doesn't feel like Bombay Velvet. It doesn't, Which no. takes place, at least uh, uh, Gaitandi's stuff would be around the same time. And it also doesn't feel like Black Friday to me. No. Which is almost exactly the same time. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's re- kind of a melding of a bunch of different things he's been working on. It reminds me most of Ugly, actually. Yeah, he's certainly returning to to topics that he's dealt with before, obviously, because, again, he made a film about the Bombay Blast, Black Friday, and, and the Bombay Blast do show up in, in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think, I think he's, like, you know, everything that he's kind of, or that we've seen that he's done up until this point is really coalescing in this, like, this pot boiler, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and it's it's a good use of of his unique his unique cinematic talents, you and know? also and his relationship with Siddiqui, you know, like yeah, that's that is like you know they that's they're like one a, of those it's actor like a Pacino Coppola thing, yeah, yeah. There's one of, there's one of those actor director pairings where it's just like this feels like one of Siddiqui's most layered performances. He says it's the most difficult character he's he's done, but also because of the eight episodes, it really allows. There's him that, to and then also the amount of shit that happens to him over the course of the show. Yeah, I mean, we did inaugurate the Nuazidin Siddiqui Police Brutality Award back when we talked <laughs> about New York, but for he gets beaten roundly all the time and he also has sex with many beautiful women <laughs> like that's something he can't yeah. do in the movies including and this is a bit of a spoiler a transgender woman yeah uh which uh that that's that storyline is so sad it's pretty heartbreaking yeah it's very heartbreaking but i think it's handled really really well now i will say that the actor uh who played cuckoo kubra sate is not transgender herself mm-hmm. um that being said, you know, I... I mean, representation-wise, I can't think of another movie, uh, another Hindi film project that's really approached uh, transgender people in, in such a fashion. That also features frontal nudity. Yeah. So... I mean, that doesn't happen often in the West. No. So, you know, I really, you know, I, I think this actress does a great job. I would love to hear from uh, some transgender people of how... Um, they feel about this performance and and this storyline. Yeah, uh, you know, because I I do agree. I would love if when transgender people are in uh, film and television, and I would like to see lots of them in film and television. I would most like them to be played by transgender actors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't know if there are any transgender actors in India. Yeah, I mean that's it's tough to ask people about. Yeah, and but that doesn't mean that people shouldn't look. That doesn't mean that you yeah. know that that they're not out there and that they shouldn't be given the opportunity. But uh, I I really appreciated seeing that that storyline and just kind of I think the tenderness that Kashyap and the care that Kashyap takes with developing that one. Cuckoo's great. Everyone loves Cuckoo's Cuckoo. Cuckoo's great. Yeah. I also I really love Cuckoo's got the magic. I really love his wife Sabadra, played by Rajeshree Deshpande. Yeah. Uh, she, we had previously seen her in Angry Indian Goddesses. She plays Lakshmi in Angry yeah. Indian Goddesses. Uh, she's great. <laughs> she's fantastic. Um, she should have run the crime family. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I think in the Cash App segments, you definitely get a lot more of his humor. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, he is able to show the crime world in a way that's kind of, well black humor Mm -hmm. and that is extremely enjoyable Mm -hmm. but also i don't know maybe i have a weird sense of humor but just Mm -hmm. the amount of shit that happens to nwasin siddiqui in this show (laughs) is fantastic um yeah i don't really want to spoil too much about it even though we are in a spoiler this is a spoiler show but uh yeah like he he's stuck in a lot of situations well moving 
Moving to wrap things up and, and getting really spoilery. Watch the show. It's good. If you if you if you listen this far, haven't watched it, what are you doing? I have a question for you, Matt. Okay. In the opening titles, we see a bomb go off. Yeah. Do you think that is footage of Pokaram? No. I don't which think Which is the nuclear test in Pokhran. India. I do not Pokhran? think Pokhran, yeah. Pokhran. I don't think that is uh, footage from that. I mean, no. I haven't seen the John Abraham film like you have, but it just looks like CGI to me. Well, yeah, maybe... It could be referencing because... that. It could be a similar camera angle to what they found, but I, I don't think that that's the actual footage. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe just because I just saw Parmanu, yeah. um, and yeah, the, the lead-up, the big reveal at the end is, um, you know, the suggestion that there will be a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Uh, that's a good cliffhanger. I, I just wondered, like, because I think a lot of the other kind of documentary footage that you see in the opening yeah. um, about, you know, kind of the riots uh, in Bombay and stuff, I think is real documentary footage. Yeah. And so I was I don't know curious about that. If, that, yeah. if that bomb blast, and I just couldn't find anywhere online where they told me what that bomb blast footage was. And yeah. so I just, I just, I don't know what that... I will be interested to find out, uh, I don't know, if, if anyone knows. What we did really notice, though, in a link to our next episode, mm. is that the apartment where Parokar meets uh, Zoya, the actress, right. is also the exact same apartment that Anushka Sharma lives in in Sanju with the weird kind of mirrored black table, and mm-hmm. then there's these chairs with paintings on them, and then a weird red painting of someone kind of like descending into red water and yeah it was just crazy that we had watched sanju and then the next day we see that no, like, it was the same day we oh yeah we watched watch yeah we watched that episode like wow so my guess is that's actually Anurai kashif's house <laughs> that's just what his apartment looks like and uh he because they thank him in the credits to sanju they do i noticed that and i was just like hmm yeah, maybe maybe he lent them his apartment for a couple days. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So many unanswered questions. Whose apartment is that? And <laughs> is what is that blast footage? I just, What's up with those chairs? I feel like the the opening titles are so well done and I think reflects reflective of what's in this series that I just I want to know what that shot is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm focusing too much on it. But the final shot of the show, teasing the nuclear bomb, kind of makes you reflect back on that moment in the opening titles and go, yeah. what? Like, oh. If we're getting into super spoiler territory, I did think it was kind of um, a stretch that Sartage is able to figure out by watching uh, Pankaj Tripathi's religious devotional show. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention the Pankaj Tripathi's in the show. But he, he's able to put two and two together on that. That's a bit of a stretch. But, you know, it was two minutes of the show and I moved on. Cinematic device to get you from point A to point B. It's fine by me. Yeah. I'm sure it's more expounded on in the book, but it's very interesting to see the collision of the the criminal world, the police world, the political world, and then also the religious world, which becomes much more important later on that, um, yeah, it's an intriguing stew of, of villainous, corrupt people. And I can't wait to see what happens next. I hope they yeah. start production on this on the second season right away. Uh, we love this. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. One of the best Netflix out. shows if I've ever seen. If you're still with us because um, you weren't concerned about spoilers, uh, go check it out. Yeah. If you've already seen it, uh, drop us a line. Let us know what your favorite part of it was, uh, who your favorite character is, what you're, if you're looking forward to the second season, just... 
Talk to us about Sacred Games. We want to talk about Sacred Games. Yeah, I, I would like to try and finish the book before the next season, because I just want to know what happens. Yeah. On the latest episode of the Well Endowed podcast, we go rafting through the River Valley with the Riverwatch Institute of Alberta. We head down to Horlack Park to hear about the Free Will Shakespeare Festival's 30th anniversary, and we talk to Beth Dart and Elise Jason about On the Margin, a site-specific play that you can find in the River Valley at the Found Festival this month. For more information about the Well Endowed podcast, part of the Edmonton Community Foundation, check out the WellEndowedPodcast.com. As I mentioned on the show, Mumbai is like a character in Sacred Games. The show is about the city and its unique and often sordid affairs. While we've never been to Mumbai, we can relate to the urban environment and how a city both shapes and is shaped by its residents. The city we call home is Edmonton, the city of champions. City of Champions is also the name of Shane Fennessy's podcast, available on the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. In City of Champions, Fennessy interviews interesting people doing exceptional things in Edmonton. Tune in to hear weekly discussions on Edmonton's arts, business, sports, and more. You can find City of Champions and all of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB member podcasts at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Well, it is finally starting to uh, storm here. So yeah, the monsoon has begun. I think we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we'll have our Sanju episode out uh, shortly. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, rate, review, subscribe. You know all the places. Apple Podcasts is the best one. Yeah. Uh, G Radio we're on sometimes. Um, you can find us on our Tumblr. Our home, Audio Boom. Yeah, Audio Boom's, Audio Boom's a good one too. Tumblr, bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com. Facebook. Facebook, just search it. I forget what the actual <laughs> URL is. Twitter at Bollywood Pod. I'm at Matt underscore B O W E S. I'm at Erin E. Fraser, E R N E F R A S E R. Yeah. Uh, if you like the show, please subscribe to my other show, uh, Treasure on the Movies, that I do with Paul Matwichak. Very similar episode you have this uh, week with uh, Sacred Games, huh? Sure. We yeah. just did an episode about ABBA. ABBA. <laughs> we talked about Mamma Mia and Muriel's wedding, uh, which made me very emotional. Uh, yeah, please leave us a rating and a uh, review on Apple Podcasts and uh, on our regular episodes. We uh, read out our new reviews on air. We have one for our next episode. One in the chamber. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. And uh, Yeah, catch you later. Yeah.